We're in a series of lessons called This is the Church. This is our last week. Next week, as Brittany said, we're going to be talking about communion during the whole service and give you an opportunity to receive communion with us. Uh, I hope you just go ahead and jump in with that because communion is powerful. But this week, we're going to just button up this series called This is the Church. We've had a, an amazing time, I think. I've just enjoyed it, teaching for the last five weeks. This will be week number six. We really started in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. What you bind on earth to be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth to be loosed in heaven. We found out that Jesus is a builder, number one. He's going to keep building your life. We found out that Jesus is going to speak to you by revelation knowledge. He's going to reveal things to you from the word of God. He's going to speak to you things personally and specifically that you can't find in the word of God. Who to marry, what job to take, where to go, where not to go. He's going to lead you, guide you, and direct you by the person called God the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. He said he would. He's going to reveal truth to you. He's going to reveal truth to you. And he's just, we found out lastly in that first uh, initial step, if you will, in Matthew 16, that he said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Again, what you bind on earth will be bound, you know, what you bind on heaven, or excuse me, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you my authority to say yes and to say no, to open and to shut things that are coming against your life and or in your life. So you, you are not a victim. Come on, everybody. You're not a victim. The minute, minute that Jesus Christ comes into your life, you're no longer a victim going through life kind of as a tumbleweed, not having anything to do, and whatever comes, comes, and you can't resist anything, or you can't allow anything in your life. No, God gives you authority. God gives you authority. And then we made our way over to Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. We've been living there for the last two weeks. This will be the third week where Jesus actually, John the, John, John the Apostle, uh, was the last living disciple and or apostle. All the other guys had been already killed. And he got exiled to the island of Patmos, and he has this vision of Jesus Christ, this last book of our Bible called the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he has this revelation, and Jesus talks to him, and he sees signs, wonders. He sees all kinds of stuff. He sees end-day stuff. He sees stuff that's happening and applicable for the day and the time that he's in. And Jesus starts talking to John about these seven churches that are really churches in his day all around the modern day area of Turkey right now in Asia Minor. And Jesus starts talking about these seven churches, about things that they were doing good, things that they weren't doing so good, things that were happening in their life, in, in the life of the church, things of the culture of the world that was creeping into the church. And Jesus started talking to them. But he said something interesting about all, all seven of those churches. He gave the th same three words to all seven churches. And so we've just kind of realized that if Jesus said the same, same thing, three things to those seven churches, he's probably saying the same thing to every single church throughout history, including Spectrum Church and you this morning. We, we found out that the first thing that he said, we'll have some stuff on the screen, so just draw your attention back there, that Jesus said, he said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, we talked about that, the, our first session concerning this in Revelation 2 and 3. Meaning that every church, every church needs to be what we would call a listening church. Every church needs to be a listening church. In other words, we can hear God. Come on, can you say that? We can hear God. We, we can really hear God. We, every church needs to be a listening church. And again, the church, by way of reminder, isn't the building, isn't brick and mortar, isn't lights, isn't, you know, a band. The church is you and me. We are the church. Jesus is the head. We're the body. So every church, every believer, you and me, we need to be listening. We have the ability to hear God, hear Him through the Word, and then hear Him in our heart for those specific things that we need to do, where we need to go, what we need to, friends, marriage partners, jobs, career, the will of God for our life, the grace, talent, ability to do whatever He's called us to do. We can listen. We can hear it and we can fulfill it and we can finish it. Amen, everybody? 
We said, secondly, last week, the thing that Jesus said, he used this phrase, these three words, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, he who overcomes. He said it seven times to these different churches. Specifically, again, for us, is that Jesus expects every church to be an overcoming church, an overcoming church. In other words, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Whatever's born to God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Come on, everybody. Come on. So he's given us faith. He's given us the ability to overcome whatever comes against you. So I do not subscribe to the, to the thought, maybe, in some people's lives that you're victimized. You always have to play the victim card. Even what happened to you that was awful. Listen, it was awful whatever happened to you. But you don't have to keep letting that thing that was awful that happened to you keep repeating over in your life for the rest of your life. You can say, I'm going to change. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to let that victimize me that happened five years ago, 15 years ago, or 25 years ago. I refuse to stay the same. I'm going to overcome that. How? By the word and by the spirit of God who's living on the inside of you. They overcome. We found out in Revelation 12, 12, 11, we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, not loving our lives unto the death. So if that's all new to you, jump on a podcast on the website and check it out and listen to some of that because I think it's really going to help you. Let's look at the third thing that Jesus actually said and just wrap this whole thing up this morning, what Jesus told those churches in Revelation 2 and Revelation chapter 3. Here's what he said seven times to these seven churches, and I think he's still saying it to us today. He used the phrase, I know your works. Would you say that with me? I know your works. Specifically speaking, Jesus expects every church to be a working church. Now, I'm not saying the church is an organization, the church is, you know, the, 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 the finances and all and the, to, to, to work. Uh, that has to work. But, but he's saying every church, meaning you, meaning me, meaning people in the church, he expects all of us to be a working church. Working individually, whatever God's called us to do, but also working collectively. God's calling us to do something collectively in the body of Christ, to do something here, to do something in these walls, helping kids, helping you know one another, small groups, etc. But doing th things out into our community, in outreach events, doing things around the world, missions projects, whatever it is that God has on our heart, God expects all of us to be a working a working church. Look on the screen. I think just again, setting the table kind of where we're going. I like to set foundation and kind of get us going in the right direction. So we're all thinking the same thing scripturally and biblically. Look on the screen. We don't work for salvation. We work from salvation. So, so what that specifically means is that you're not working to get on God's good side. You're not working so that one day hopefully you get to heaven because of what you did. No, the Bible says you are saved by grace through faith. Not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So you don't work your way to heaven. Come on, you believe God and you pray and you believe that he's come into your life as you repent of your sins and he will. You don't work for it, you're working now from it. Does that make sense? So now that I am saved, now that God has changed my life, I am going to work for him. I'm going to do what he's called me to do and with the grace, talent, and ability of my life. Does that make sense? Okay, so here we go. Works don't save us. Works display us. Works don't save us. You're not saved by what you do, but they display you. They display who you really are. Again, if you're made in the image and likeness of God, which, by the way, you are, God's placed a unique gift sets and talents and, and abilities inside you that now you use for him. It displays who's living on the inside of you. Come on, everybody. Thirdly, here we go. The work that you do speaks to the God that you serve. 
So the work that you do to a lost and a dying world that doesn't know God, doesn't know Jesus, is really speaking of the God that you serve. Again, we're not serving to get something. We're serving to display who he really is. We're not trying to get on God's good terms or get in God's good side. We're already on. If in the minute you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're already on God's good side. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a child of God. So we're not trying to get something. We're trying to show something. Does that make sense, everybody? All right, here, look on the screen real quick. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, this is when God made Adam and Eve. Uh, it's really interesting when we go back to that original account and that how God made man and, and did what he did in, in the Garden of Eden. Check what it says right here in just part of this verse in the New, uh, New International Version. It says, the Lord God took the man, took the man Adam, and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Check it out very first thing God did. God made man. God made man, but check out what it says. He put him in the garden of Eden. This beautiful paradise is what it says. There's no sin. There's no devil. There's no crazy stuff going on. It is euphoria. It is heaven on earth. That's what the garden of Eden was. It was God invading the space of, of the earth that he created, and he puts his man right there. But notice what it says. He put Adam there to work it. He put him to work it and to take care of it. He put them to work it. So a couple things I think are really interesting here to, for us to understand that in this place where there's no sin, there's no devil, there's no nothing, still God did a couple things here. Number one, God put Adam in the garden. He gave him a place, placement. So that just tells me God's got a place for every single person that is on this earth. He's got a place. He's got a place for you to be. He's got, he's, he's, he's got an assignment for you to fulfill. And that's, but you've got to be in, in the right place. And then secondly, he, God gave him a job. God actually gave Adam a job. He gave him a function to do. The function was take care of the place I put you. I put you in the garden. Then it's one translation says to tend it and to care for it. This translation says to take care of it. God just didn't put him somewhere and say, I'm going to take care of your business. No, he put him somewhere. He placed him somewhere. And then he said, you take care of it. You take care of it. You work it. Every church needs to be a working church. Every person needs to be a working person. And specifically this morning, we've talked before, but I'm not talking about your natural employment. I'm down with that. I'm cool with that. You need to find and follow and fulfill and finish what God's called you to do naturally. That's going to be making money for you, and it's going to bring you joy and excitement. I, I believe in all that, but I'm not talking about your natural side. I'm talking this morning about your spiritual side, what God's placed inside you to be used for his glory, for his purpose in fulfilling his kingdom while you and I are on the earth. Is that all right, everybody? Let's look at, what I want to do is I want to look at four uh, specific scriptures that Jesus talks about work. Then we want to look at just this one scripture in Peter. Peter says some cool stuff. Then we're going to track back over to the book of Exodus because there's just a cool story there. And we're going to wind back up in the New Testament in the book of Ephesians and kind of wrap up this whole series. Is that all right, everybody? Got about 30 minutes to hang out with us? Come on. 35 minutes to hang out with us, 40 more minutes, coffee outside. Come on, it's going to be good. Come on, it's all going to be worth it. So, so let's just look at these four scriptures. And again, write these things down because I think it's going to help us all. Four scriptures that Jesus says about working for God's kingdom. And again, not working at the job, not working at the Monday through Friday, not working at the weekend thing, whatever you got going on. I'm talking about the spiritual work that God's got you to do. Every church, every one of us, needs to find the spiritual flow, the spiritual DNA that he has tapped us. Come on, we, we all got an individual 
individual thumbprint. We all got an individual eye. We all got an individual voice tone. Come on. What has God done in your life? We can follow your DNA by a pluck of your hair. So you are unique. You're valuable. You're precious. God's got, God's, God's fearfully and wonderfully made you, Psalm 139 says. So, so you've got something to do while you're here. So, so let's find it. Let, let's, let's, let's find out what that is. And let's just talk about this work side for a minute. John 4, 34. Check it out. Jesus says, John 4, 34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Come on, read the rest of that. And to, come on, let's read. And to, come on, one more time. And to, now what I know about this, just look at that. Come on, stare that scripture down. Food is what sustains you and keeps you alive. You don't eat food, you shrivel up. And so Specifically, what's happening here is that Jesus has gone to this well, and there's a woman at the well, and Jesus starts talking to this woman, and, and, and she gets fired up because Jesus just reveals some crazy stuff about who he is and who she is. She goes back into town, and, and when the disciples come back, because they went into town to get some food to, to eat because Jesus was weary, and, and, and he has this encounter with the woman at the well. That's what's going on in John 4. And they come back, and Jesus says to them, uh, uh, he, say, he says to them, uh, my food's to do the will of him who sent me. And, and to finish his and they're saying, did, did somebody bring you a sandwich? Come on, did somebody bring you a taco? And he says, listen, I'm not talking about living by natural food. Your body needs to live by natural food, but you're really going to live by finding out what the Father wants you to do. So, so, so food is what sustains you, natural food. This is found in the work you do. Listen, this is found in Monday through Friday. This is found in 8 to 5. This is found in your weekend job. This is found in your part-time thing you're in school. Whatever you're doing, the, the food you need to live naturally is found in your job that way. But Jesus says there's another food that will sustain you, and that food is in the work, in the will of God, in the purpose that he has for your life. So look on the screen. The work you do is connected with the will of God for your life. Listen, you've got to find what God wants you to do in the will of God because the work you do for him is directly connected with his will. What do you want me to do? How, what, what, where, where's the grace on my life? How can I fit? That's why, listen, come back, go out and eat a donut. Come back at 11.15 after the 11.15 service because right over in this, in this room, in the green room, we're going to be starting step one of our growth track where we want you to know God, find freedom, discover the purpose God has for your life, and then you can make a difference in serving other people. You need to know why you're here. When you find out why you're here and they begin doing what you're here for, it is going to sustain you and it is going to feed you. Can I get an amen up in the house today? Now, I love what he says. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So God, listen, what an amazing thing. Jesus says, again, look at that scripture back there, Ryan. Help me out. Uh, John 4, 34. Uh, Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish, notice, his work. Jesus didn't say, I'm finishing my work. I'm finishing his work. I'm finishing his works. So listen to me really practically, strongly, fervently. I want you to understand God Almighty and Jesus Christ has passed to you a baton. And he wants you to grab the baton that the father started, that Jesus started, and now he wants you to finish it. Until the day you die. Listen, no timeouts, no breaks. No, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, not feeling too good, so I'm going to take a year off. No, we just keep working. Here we go. John 5, 17. John 5, 17. Second scripture. Jesus says to them, my father has been working until now. 
Come on, read that with me. Come on, one, two, three. Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. What? My father's been working until now, and I have been working. Look on the screen. God's working. Jesus was working. So we work. God is working. My father has been working. He says, I have been working. And if that's so, we work. Now, by way of reference, again, working means, working means you're going to be busy. Working means you're going to perform a task. But it's, it's not just anything. It's like, you know, well, I can do anything. Well, not really. You really can't. And that's okay. We, we, we're not the person that says you, do, you just do anything. No, we, we want you and I want you and God wants you doing the task that he has performed for you to do. And so working, it's not just activity. It's not just, just, not just activity, but it's productivity. There is something in your life that you can produce something for the kingdom of God in a very high way, just a very heightened way, because again, the grace, talent, and ability in your life. It doesn't mean the singers that sing up here aren't any more special than anybody who's outside sweeping, sweeping outside. The person sweeping outside or, or sweeping the driveway or getting a blower and, and blowing stuff off or shoveling snow, if that's where you live, uh, for you know, the church, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what God enabled you to do that you can use it being active and being productive in the grace, talent, and ability in your life. Amen, everybody? John 5, 36. Check it out. I have a greater witness than John's, he says, John the Baptist. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, there it is again, these very works I do, they bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Again, just stare that down real quick. He says, I got a greater witness than John the Baptist. The Father has given me to finish these works. These works that I do, they bear witness of me. They bear witness of me. So again, we're saying it over and over. Or Jesus, listen. By re repetition, this evidently means God is very passionate about this work thing, about you and I finding what we're called to do and doing it and finishing it and doing it with excellence and, and just keep growing in it more and more, is that Jesus said, the works that you do, the works that you do, bear witness and speak of who you really are. And he says that they bear witness of me. The works that I do bear witness of me. So what, what he's saying is that what's inside you, what's inside me, has to show up outside. What's inside has to show up outside. Again, the works display who I really serve. The works display who I really am. Jesus was preaching. Jesus was teaching. He was healing. He was multiplying loaves and fishes. Come on, everywhere he was, he was going, he was a one-man wrecking crew. Come on, to the devil and the darkness. And everywhere he went, light was shining. He, he was just being God who he was on the earth helping and healing and, and, and not hurting, not maiming, but sharing life and speaking and releasing people from strongholds of, of sin and strongholds of bondage. And that's exactly who he was called to be and exactly what he was called to do. What was inside was working and showing up on the outside. So, so listen to me. Let, let's find out who we really are and let's begin letting it out, doing what God's called us to do because every church needs to be a Working church. John 9, 4. One last scripture Jesus said here. Again, I must work the works of him who sent me while it's day. The night is coming when no one can work. 
Again, four times we find here in John 4, 5, 6, 7, all the way, we got five chapters, and Jesus is simply saying uh, th this work side of things. I, I got to work, he says to his disciples, while it's day, he says the night's coming when no man can work. And he's not talking about night, you know, at 8 o'clock, you know, it's going to be dark, and I can't work because, I mean, you know, I can't go out after dark. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about when, when, when I'm leaving, when my time up on earth is done, the night is coming. Listen to me. Your night is coming. Your days are limited. You're not going to live forever. So when are you going to do what you're really called to do? When are you going to begin doing the grace, talent, and ability on your life? When are you going to be using what he gave you? Or are you going to sit in the sidelines and just say because of fear, because of worry, because of whatever happened? The night's coming, he says. Your days are limited. I don't want to, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live with any regrets of what ifs and all that kind of stuff. We just don't, we don't stop. The, 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 function, the, the function in our lives always needs to have an expression. Again, the older you get, it might change. Things can change in your life. You could do this for a while and then do something else. So it's not necessarily doing the same thing, but you need to be doing something. Something. I like what he says here, though. Check that scripture out one more time, uh, uh, Ryan. John 9, 4. I must work the works. I must. So here's God in the body. Here's Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, saying, I must work the works of him who sent me. I just think that we've got to have some musts in our life. I just think that we don't have too many musts. I must read the word of God every day. I must pray every day. I must come to church on Sunday. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I must. I must use the grace, talent, ability in my life for the kingdom of God. Because I've already got a... I'm almost 60, right? So some of y'all are older, some of y'all are younger. But start adding up. If you live to be 85, my mom's 85. So let's say I live to be 85. I got 25 years left. I got to, you start multiplying that times 365. I don't know how many days that is, but that's just not a whole lot of days. Anybody look back? We had this conversation, Kimberly, this past week, and we went, dear Lord, the year is already way past half over. What happened to 2019? It's almost 2020. Come on, somebody. Like, what happened? This is what happens. And the older you get, dear Lord, all of a sudden all the kids start growing real quick. Come on, I mean, you know you're getting old when that happens. Like, dear Lord. Night's coming. So let's find out what God's called us to do, and let's just do it with some passion. Come on, 1 Peter 4.10. Look at this real quick. Are we help anybody this morning? Amen. Come on, three people. Good. All right. Praise the Lord. We'll believe God for four before the end of the year. All right, here we go. Look what it says. 1 Peter 4.10. I'm just messing with you. Each one of you, check it out, each one of you, so that's you, each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Each one of you, each one, that's, come on, that's you, that's me, each one of us, not, well, you know, I just, in my job, and, you know, I can't, and, you know, I just don't really know, and, uh, no, 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 each one of you, each one of you, each one of you, each one of you, there's no free meals, come on, each one of you, each one of you, use whatever, use whatever gift, whatever gift it is you have received to serve others. So here we go. The gift inside you has to be activated outside you again. The gift inside you has to be activated outside you. So you have to use whatever gift it is. Every gift inside every person is important. 
Peter calls it a grace gift. That's amazing. He calls it a grace gift. He's not just saying, okay, you know, it's something special, like really special. Like, like you, you teach around the world. You set up missionary things all around the world. Or, or you sing on a national stage. Or, or you're a TV preacher, so they've got grace. No, 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 no. Any person, every person serving downstairs in our kids' ministry got grace. Our ushers are text. Our tech team, everybody around, everybody's got grace on their life. You have grace on your life, whether you realize it or not, to do something amazing for the kingdom of God. So he says, use that gift. And he says, use it faithfully. Evidently, we cannot use it unfaithfully. Use it. That's what he tells us. Use it. Use it. Uh, look real quick over at the book of Exodus. I told you we're going to go there. I love this passage of scripture because it's when Moses, God, God told Moses to build the tabernacle. In Exodus chapter 31, the tabernacle was this portable tent in the Old Testament where they set up the altar, they set up the golden laver, they had sacrifices, they had the holy court, you know, the, inner, the holy of holies on the inside. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was in there and they, they, they tore it up, you know, they, they built it up and tore it down and they moved from, you know, place to place under God's direction. Uh, but look what it says here. Uh, I think it's interesting to note. Exodus chapter 31, verse 2. Check it out. He says, look, I have specifically, this is God talking to Moses. I've spe uh, I, I have specifically chosen uh, Beziel, the son of your eye, grandson of Hur. He's the tribe of Judah. Look at this now. I've filled him with the Spirit of God, given him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in, in, in preaching, teaching, and healing the sick. No. In all kinds of crafts. Check it out. In all kinds of crafts. In all, wait a minute. I, I filled him with the Spirit of God. I gave him great wisdom, expert working, man, expertise, ability, and all kinds of crafts. Come on, a guy was like going to Hobby Lobby every week. Come on, somebody. He's a master craftsman, expert in working gold, silver, bronze. He's skilled in engraving, <laughs> mounting gemstones and carving wood. He's a master at every craft. I have personally appointed that brother, come on, and, and that, that son of that guy, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen. I've given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I've commanded you to make. Let me stop right here. God gave an assignment to Moses, but then God anointed men and women to help Moses in the tabernacle. Let me say something selfishly, selfishly for me. I need you to be what God's graced you so you can help me and Spectrum reach people in Chula Vista. Amen. If you don't do you, we can't do we. The more you do you, the more people we're going to reach for Jesus Christ. The more Forgive me, the more you don't do, the more we will not be able to reach people for Jesus Christ. That's what he says. This is one of the earliest references to people being filled with the Spirit of God. One of the earliest references. It wasn't fire, it wasn't lightning, although we see that. It wasn't mountain shaking, earlier on in Exodus it was. It wasn't Parting Red Sea, God's showing up in power, although we've seen that. It was God coming and filling a man, specifically a man, man's generic, man or a woman, with the Spirit of God to do something crafty, to make something for the temple, for the tabernacle, to make something so the tabernacle could be what God wanted it to be. Let me tell you what, Tim's out there making coffee. Do you like coffee? 
help us make some coffee. That's what I can do. I can, I can help coffee. I can come early. I can do it. I know a little bit about technical stuff. Help us. Sound system. Help us. Lights. Help us. Multimedia. Help us. I think that I really can. I really kind of, I can teach. I think I can teach. I'm not, I'm a little nervous, but I think I can teach. Listen, you're going to have some crazy kids down there, but they're going to remember you for the rest of their lives. You're going to remember them for the rest of their lives. They will remember you. They will remember you. I can usher. I think, I don't know exactly, but I, can, I think I can help. I think I can bring people in. Listen, everybody has got something that God has enabled and graced you to do. Come on, everybody. Can you say amen right there? Can we clap one time? A little quiet up in here. Can we just clap for that? Yeah. Now, what's it? look on the screen. Come on, I got to go quick because you're listening too slow, but look on the screen. The Holy Spirit, look at the Holy Spirit enhanced and enabled these men's abilities to do a natural skill for a spiritual purpose. He enhanced and he enabled them to do a natural skill for a spiritual purpose. So again, these guys were craftsmen. They were evidently good with hammers. They were good at nails. They were good. They were already gifted that way. It wasn't like, okay, like me, I, I, can't, I can't nail straight. I, I don't do good there. I struggled in, in craft class like that in school. I hate that stuff. I don't go to Hobby Lobby. I hate it. I don't do it. I don't color in the lines. I color outside the lines. That's just who I am. But, but the people that were gifted there, the people that were skilled, these kind of people, they, they were, the, the Spirit of God came on that innate skill. You have got skill, you've got ability, you've got gifting already, and the Holy Spirit's going to come inside you to be used for His kingdom and for His glory. Amen, everybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Holy Spirit, listen again, the Holy Spirit is in you to do something through you. Can you say amen? In you to do something through you. So every talent... I believe this, every talent and every ability God gives is to be used for his kingdom purpose. Every talent, look, every ability God gives is to be used for his kingdom purpose. Every gift. I, I believe it. We can see it. Every person is born with unique gifts, talents, abilities that set us apart. That set us apart. It's, it's, it's the unique, again, thumbprint, eye print, voice tone that God's put inside your life. Everybody has that. Uh, again, some people it's, it's leading up front. Some people it's leading behind. Some people it's helping, it's planning, it's organizing, it's administrating. For some businessmen, businesswomen, it, it's, 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 you'd be surprised it's not doing anything out here, but it's helping finance. It's helping finance it. And what I want you to see is all these things that God's given us to do, every talent and, and every ability God gives is to be used for his kingdom and his purpose. But listen, it's not exclusively, it's inclusively. So it's not just, it's not just oh, okay, th this is all I'm going to do, and, th and this is, no, no. It's every gift and every talent that he gave me that I can, I, I can see the gift and talent in the workplace. I, I can see that, and it's not just exclusively for that. It's inclusively to be used in the kingdom of God. We've got a wrong mindset, I think, that now we use the gift, talent, and ability, and we find a career path with it. When God says, no, I want you to find a spiritual path with it and then a then a career path that's going to come from that so let's find out who God's really made you to be and use that in the kingdom of God and I'll open up some other doors in the natural that makes sense everybody I told you we're going to finish up here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 so let's look at the scripture real quick uh, thanks Isaac help us out here Look at the scripture. Let's read this scripture out loud. Can you do it? Come on. Ephesians 2.10. Come on, read it. One, two, three, read. For we are God's masterpiece. Stop right there. Maybe those first five words you just need to meditate on and think about today. Maybe you feel like you're messed up. Maybe you feel like you're not who you should be and you wish you were as good. No, 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 no. Listen to me. We are God's masterpiece. 
come on, you're, you're, you're a beautiful piece of artwork. And my, you know, my, my son-in-law right now, Tony, Brittany's husband is over in, over in uh, London. Uh, our, our, our daughter, our granddaughter, Isabella is going to be living over there for three years with her mom and, and uh, uh, stepfather. And so Tony's over there hanging out and getting her situated and coming back here tomorrow. And he was showing some pictures. I, we've never been to Europe, and you know, all the you know, our country is only less than 300 years old, so all of our architecture and stuff, you know, has not all that stuff has not even been around. They didn't build like they did over in Europe. And so he started sending some pictures back, and some of y'all have been there and taken those trips and seen cathedrals and seen Big Ben and seen bridges and seen uh, you know halls. And some of you have been to uh, Italy and you've seen uh, you know Rome. You, I saw some pictures of a guy I follow, a, a pastor, and he was in Rome and. Michelangelo painting on ceilings and stuff and just masterpieces. And I think that we think, wow, that's cool, but that's not me. No, listen, you are God's masterpiece. You are. You are. You are. You've got something amazing to do for the kingdom of God. Just got to find it. Got to find it. Let's help you find it through Growth Track. Let's begin the process. You know, look what it says there. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. He's, he's caused us to be born again, done something in us. We've been made anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do, we can do, check it out, the good things. Do the good things that he planned for us a long time ago. We can do those things. So he made us a masterpiece, not so that we can sit like, you know, a portrait on the wall. Right? Not like you're the, you know, the plaster structure, you know, the sitting there all just buff. No, to do something. Not, not to be just seen, but to do something. You're a masterpiece. He created us new, brand new. So don't think of yourself as old and worn out and can't be used by God. No, God's got his hand on you. Come on, he makes all things new, and he makes people new, and he makes dreams new. Uh, I just want to encourage you, a couple thoughts on the screen just as we close the day, close this series out. Some people are waiting to do the big thing and never do anything. Just waiting, just, give me, just, 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 just that big thing, just that, you know, um, can I tell you something? You can be waiting a long time. I gave my life back to God, really kind of got on track when I was 20 years old. I know before some of y'all were even born, 1980. That's funny to say. So I didn't know what to do. I was heart was just, God, I love you. You've been so good to me, man. You saved me. You filled me with the Holy Spirit. You, I was a mess in college. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? And the pastor said, we got a need, man. And, 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 and the pastor's wife, Pastor Ann, we got a need. And we, we just need help down in the nursery and the kids' ministry. And I said, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. So I was a guy just gone in the nursery in the kids' area, helping the teachers and helping kids and just being funny and just loving kids and really not teaching, but just, and it's just amazing as I look at that, look at my journey, you know, 30, you know, 39 years now. July was 39 years serving or just had, had my life right with God. How God's led me and directed me. Just not wanting to do anything big, just want to do anything. Just want to do anything. God, the, and he'll start steering you. So like somebody says, if you want to learn, learn, learn to ride a bike, you got to not, not, not just get on the bike, but you got to pedal. You got to pedal. 
you got to put some effort in. you you got to take a step. So our church is built on you taking, and all of us taking a journey. We're not where we need to be, but we're far from where we used to be. But you got to take a step. Take a step. Take a step. Go to a small group. Come to Growth Track. Take the next step. Come to church next week. You know, just, just keep letting it be a part of your life and, and see what God does. So, but, but just don't be the person that's waiting for the big thing because it might wind up you not do anything. Uh, um, God always starts with something small. He always starts with something small. Let me just say that. He always does. Over and over we find in the Word of God, God starts with this thing called seed, seed, seed. He puts seed. He calls the Word of God seed. He doesn't say it's a tree. It's seed. And he expects you then to take that Word and plant it in your heart and then water it, nurture it, grow it, keep working that thing, and it's going to grow. He always starts with something small. So a couple things in that and just kind of winding down today. Just tells me if he starts with something small and he starts with seed, that tells me, tells you, we need to get planted. You need to get planted. The Bible talks about getting planted in the house of God. Get, 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 get planted. Get planted, number one. Get planted. You need to stay faithful. Come on, you need to stay faithful. So you get, you get planted. You get planted. You stay faithful. You just stay faithful. Let God do what God's supposed to do. and he, Let him be who he says he's going to be. And Become productive. Come on, just become productive. So, so get planted. Just stay faithful day in, day out, week in, week out. You know, if I'm teaching, I'm going to come prepared. If I'm ushering, I'm going to come prepared. If I'm outreach, I'm going to come prepared. If I'm, if I'm making money for the kingdom of God, I'm going I'm to come prepared. I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to get planted. I'm not going to go from place to place, thing to thing. I'm going to get planted. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to, I'm going to stay late. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to become productive. I'm going to know what I'm supposed to do more and more. I'm going to, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be developed. I'm going to, I'm going to be coached. I'm going, to, I'm, going to be, I'm going to have somebody say, you know, I'm going to be okay with somebody pointing out what I'm not doing right. I'm not get offended. I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to be productive. And I'm, I'm going to multiply. Because every seed that goes in the ground is going to come up and produce a harvest. I'm going to multiply. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to grow. I'm going to, I want my life to count for the kingdom of God. I want to work. I'm going to work on me. I'm going to want, you want you to work through me because I'm in this thing called the church. And if you're building the church, and that means you're building me, and I want to be productive. Come on, anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Again, just a couple more thoughts. Just celebrate. Come on, celebrate. Celebrate who God's called you to be. Celebrate what you're called to do. Just celebrate it. How about you? But, man, I tell you what, I think pretty soon we just all need to go on a, on a probably a social media diet. Come on, we just need to go on a social media fast. How about you? But I get on social media and I go, dear God, I ain't doing nothing. I don't, I don't know. Guys, you, you, you guys look like you got a great marriage. And, man, look like your church is blown, blowing up. And looks like everybody in your ha- house is happy. Man, I think I just need to go away and get in a ship somewhere and drift out and see. Come on, that's the way it seems sometimes, right? Your business is successful. Uh -uh. Uh, Listen, just celebrate what you're called to do. Come on, just be you. Celebrate what you're called to do. Celebrate what God's got. And and listen, just lastly, just don't compare. Don't compare what others are doing. Comparison, that's just an awful trap. That comparison trap is awful. Just celebrate what God's called you. Let him work in you. God expects every church to be a listening church. 
He expects every church to be an overcoming church, and he expects every church to be a working church. That means me and you doing what we're called to do. Come on, let's get busy for the kingdom of God. Listen to me, because the night's coming. The night's coming. I don't know how many more days you got. I don't know what's going to happen in your life tomorrow. I mean, like we prayed earlier, nobody thought they'd go to a Walmart and it was over. And I pray, and we're praying, and believing God that never happens to any of us in the room and others. But life's short. Eternity's long, going to go to heaven. But I want to fulfill and do what God's called me to do every day that I'm here. Amen, everybody. Amen. So come on, let's get busy. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Come on, bow your head. Close your eyes. Just a second here. Come on, just give everyone the right to privacy in the next couple seconds. Lord God, today we just thank you that you called us to do an amazing work in the kingdom of God. Father, we can hear you, we can know you, we can overcome what comes against us because you're in us. Greater is he that's in us. And you told that church and those seven churches, I know your works. You knew what they were doing, you knew what they weren't doing. So Father God, today I just pray that you would stir up inside us the, uh, the, the tenacity to, to find what you want us to do and to connect in the church and the bodies. You're the head, Jesus. And we just work with one another and we do what we're called to do. And we celebrate one another and all of us don't win at the same time. And there's other areas of ministry that seem like they might be more prolific and out front. But every single one of us working on the same team for the same accomplishment, making Jesus Christ famous. We want our region to be saved, our part here at Spectrum, and people hearing and finding and following Jesus Christ. So I pray every single person, every single person would find out what they're here for. And from that place, oh God, they would then display your great and awesome power in them, that we'd be more and more productive, that you'd place us as you did Adam, that we would function in that grace, that we would guard and protect and the job that you've gotten us to do, it's going to be amazing. Work it in us, oh God, in Jesus' name. Come on, with your head bowed, your eyes closed, just one more minute. If you're here today, we always give everyone an opportunity at the end of a service to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. The greatest decision you can ever make is to give him and surrender your life to him fully, completely completely. Maybe you've been in church before, maybe you've